9 and 24. We're going to read that text together. Okay? You ready? Let's read it together. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, least after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Amen. Amen. You know, uh, it's, it's, you know, Paul, the apostle Paul, y'all ready for the word? Let me ask that question for you. Before I, before I get started, make sure there's readiness out here. Y'all ready for the word? Let me, let me ask that one more time and see if we get a little bit more enthusiastic response. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. It's not my word. It belongs to God. I get a chance to serve it up. Amen. I'm just a waiter. I'm just serving it up. Amen. Amen. That's all, I, that's all I'm doing. I'm just, I'm just uh, a broken vessel. Having sinned and fallen short of the glory of Almighty God, I taught, I, I dubbed myself last week a player coach. Amen, somebody. I'm coaching you, but I'm also in the game. Amen. So I'm working out my soul's salvation with fear and trembling as well. Amen. And don't let any spiritual leader, any pastor, any shepherd tell you any differently. Amen, somebody. Because that's the problem. Folk get stuck on clay feet when Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Uh, so I'm talking about embracing the race. Amen. Embracing the race. I want my uh, graphic artist to put a woman up there next week running. So we don't want to be chauvinistic in our design. So we all need to embrace the race. Amen, somebody. <laughs> you know, uh, Paul uses this metaphor of athletics, sports, and uh, it was popular then, it's popular now. Can I get a witness? I mean, the most popular sport on, this, on the planet is soccer, believe it or not. You know, I, I thought it was like football, basketball, until I had an opportunity to visit uh, South America when I was, uh, I was probably 18, 19 years old. I went to Suriname, the city of Paramaribo, which is where my father's from, amen? My father was a seaman, and he met his beautiful bride in the port city of Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> amen, somebody. And they married. Garrett Maximilian Zach. That was my dad's name. Amen. Amen. Max. They call him Max. Max Zach. Amen, somebody. But my dad, he was one of those, even though he was uh, an immigrant, he was one of those. You, you, you meet these immigrants that was doggedly African-American. That, that was my dad. He was like 
I'm black. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we come over and we forget who we are. <laughs> and he, but he would say, yeah, I'm black and I'm descendant of Africa, Bush Negroes. That's what he would tell us. I'm descendant of Bush Negroes. And uh, he said, don't you see this kinky hair I got? I said, yeah, I see it, Dad, but you still kind of light. You still kind of light. <laughs> and my mom, we went over there in the, uh, in the late 70s. And my mom went over there, you know, and she saw all the array of nationalities and cultures and, you know, beautiful people, you know. Their, their flag was red, a star with a red, black, yellow, white, a brown. It, it, it represented all nationalities. So this country was known for the mixture of its nationalities. Matter of fact, when I was there, first time I saw a black Japanese person. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about a black Japanese person. And stuff like that. I'm saying, and my mom, she took me, she said, dog, I married an ugly one. Included that for uh, comedic uh, benefit. That ain't part of my story. But when I was over there, I, I attended a soccer game. Amen. And it was a scary experience because it was in, to me, a fragile stadium. The stadium wasn't, you know, robust like what you see, you know, like Camping World Stadium. It was a, it was, it was a wood frame. And it seemed like 50,000 people was in the stadium, and the whole thing was rocking and reeling. <laughs> I'm like, this thing about to fall apart. You know, and, and so I'm saying, these folks serious about sports, you know. You know that song, we will, we will rock you. You know, and, you know, and, and so they got this song where they, they got everybody stamping in the stadium. They didn't need a song <laughs> to do the stomp, you hear me? They were stomping, reeling, rocking, fighting, spitting, cussing. You know, they, was, they, were, they were rabbit fans of soccer. They, their surname was playing Brazil. And it was just an amazing environment, an amazing. I've never, I've, I haven't seen anything like it since. And, uh, and so I said, whoa. So, and they said, well, y'all don't have football. We play football. Here, this is football. This is, this is real football. You know, and my daddy, he played semi-pro uh, soccer and didn't teach me how to play. I'm like, dude, could you have at least taught me how to play soccer maybe? <laughs> Anyhow, it's more popular game now, but soccer, you know, th over three billion fans, amen. And the next two highest ranked sports are, is cricket. Anybody play cricket up in here? Okay, we got a couple cricket players over there. Don't speak for yourself, nice. It's a couple of cricket players over here. It's, a, it's two or three cricket players over here, Myra. Just because you cricketless don't mean. <laughs> I'm gonna do you like that comedian. You mess with me, I'm gonna mess with you. <laughs> Amen, somebody. So, you know, and then next to that is basketball. And, and they about on par. Cricket and basketball. Worldwide. Amen. There are 250 million athletes in the world. 50, 250 million people who embrace sports, who are involved in athletics in way, one shape, form, or fashion, whether it's golf, 
basketball, face baseball, football, table tennis, wrestling, cycling, NASCAR, you know, just go, just go on and on. Track and field. Did I, did I hit your sport yet? Uh, cheerleading. I got that one last week. <laughs> Taekwondo. Uh, you know, just, just the whole gamut. Hockey. Amen, somebody. So all these sports. And, and so, so uh, during this day, during this time, sports were big as well. Amen. Big, huge. Uh, the Olympic Games were going on, and then they had something called the Athenian Games, uh, which uh, Paul was referring to. And these games, running, jumping, uh, you know, all kinds of track and field events, as well as throwing discus and javelins, you know, so, so, so big, a big era of, uh, of sports. And so Paul must have been a sports fan himself. If, 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 he, was, if he was alive today, he, he'd watch ESPN. Amen? And, and he was big on it because he mentioned it several times. And he was the most prolific writer in the New Testament, so he mentioned sports a number of times. And, and uh, here he makes an analogy. He uses it as a metaphor. He, he says that the Christian walk and journey is like these sports events. Amen? It's likened to it. Amen? And so he makes these contrasts, and he said, because we're in a competition, and we're competing for a prize. Amen? And we're destined to win. You know, we are more than conquerors. We are victorious. We are triumphant, the Word of God says. So, so he, was, he used this imagery to describe what we should be all about. Amen, somebody. And anybody that's been involved in sports knows that it's a task. Amen. And that, you know, that our connection to is bigger than just a pastime. We have passion about our sports. Can I get a witness in the house? Okay, any football fans in the house? Amen. Name some of your teams. What's some of your teams? Wait a minute. One at a time. One at a time. Give me one. Green Bay Packers. The Cowboys. The Steelers. The Giants. The Patriots. Can we get a Florida team in the mix, please? Huh? The Dolphins. The books. <laughs> Good luck on that. Uh, so we got football season. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm in that space right now. We got football season. And folk are passionate about their teams. Amen. And they'll dish your team. Amen. They'll dish your team. They will. You, you, can, you can hear it in the atmosphere right now. When, when certain teams are mentioned, there was like, ugh. No, bad, amen. Whereas others, even if they were sh they shaky right now, they're still excited about their team. They have passion about their team, amen. Somebody, and then then it, 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 and then when it comes to Olympics, we have what we call patriotic passion, amen. Somebody, you know, loan somebody from the USA, amen. We form. They can be playing twiddly winks. You know, we, we form. 
They can be rolling that little ball and moving that stuff, you know, stuff we don't even, archery. Oh, they from America. We're rooting for them out of patriotic passion. Amen, somebody. And so we got patriotic passion. We got passion for our teams. And we inherited teams in many instances, you know, from our family members and friends. And, you know, and, and, and so we go with the team that we grew up rooting for. Amen. Or sometimes we go with our alma mater. Amen. It don't matter how poorly they play. If, if, even if they get beat by 68 points. <laughs> Say that you go there, Pastor. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Y'all could have got a field goal. Golly. <laughs> But we still love our team. Can I get a witness in the house? We love them rattlers. But see, then some folk, you know, they connect with UCF. So they're glad right now. Amen, somebody. Any UCF fans? All right. All right. So I got some, got some nights up in here. And so, so, you know, sports, you know, it's, it's prevalent. It's pervasive. Amen. It's all over the world. And it's something we have passion about. What's the, what's the lesson here? That God wants us to have passion about the faith. Amen. Athletic enthusiasm about the faith. Energy about the faith. You know, you know, just, just, just gravitating to it, amen, running to it, excited about it. Some of us, the faith ain't at large and in charge in our lives because we ain't got no excitement about it. We're not enthusiastic about it. We don't understand what it can bring to our lives because we're, in many instances, in some instances, you know, biblically illiterate. So, so because of a lack of knowledge, the Word of God says we're, we're failing and, and faltering because of a lack of knowledge. But if you knew how much, amen, somebody, if you knew how much, how explosive, amen, you know, the faith can be, we change our trajectory and our focus on the faith because the faith enlarges, amen, somebody, and it has a prize, a reward, amen, that's not imperishable. During Paul's day, what he, was, what he was pointing up, they didn't even get gold medals. They got reefs put around their head, made out of live foliage. And guess what? So that little live foliage, it don't last, last a day or so before it, what, died, dried out. Amen? But it was important that in here I was a winner. It wasn't the grand prize. It wasn't, you know, how many thousands or millions of dollars I would be able to acquire. It was about the honor, amen, of winning. And, and so he says, this stuff is, is, is perishable that we receive. And all of it still is, whether we're million-dollar winners or not. You know, I heard uh, this cocomania going on. Amen, somebody. A little young tennis player, 15 years old, participating in the U.S. Open was in Wimbledon, and she, you know, she's making a lot of progress and, you know, drawing a lot of attention. It says already she's made 160 some thousand dollars. If she don't win nothing else, she's gonna get 160 some thousand dollars. 
Lord have mercy. You know, everybody can use that kind of windfall. Can I get a witness? You know, and this young lady, she's already amassed those kind of resources. And, 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 and so we're excited about the prize and the prize money. But what about the journey? Amen, somebody. What about the preparation? You know, let's just use Coco. That, that young lady been playing tennis since she was probably about this high. Amen, somebody. She been developing her eye, hand-eye coordination at a whole nother level. Amen, somebody. I'm telling you, that ball come at you 100-something miles an hour, ain't but a few people on the planet can hit it. Amen, somebody. And it takes training, significant training, at an early age uh, to be proficient in that sport. And so, uh, so, so that it, it takes a spirit of determination to be proficient in a sport. Amen, somebody. Yeah, it takes talents, giftings, abilities, skills, strength, intelligence, but all of that has to be nurtured. Amen? All of it has to be nurtured. We don't come into the faith and gain ground simply by osmosis. Hang around other Christians, you Christian. Uh-uh. <laughs> it don't come about that way. Amen? Hear somebody else knowledge and proficiency in the word, then I must know, no, you're just hanging around some folk who know the word. That don't mean you know the word. Amen, somebody. Christianity doesn't come without some discipline. A difference, a transformation occurs through an investment of effort, energy, time. Amen, discipline, determination, dedication. Amen, somebody. And that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a run. It's going to take a fight, a fight. A run and a fight to come alive in Christ. Amen. You know, there are many stories about folk who started off kind of mediocre. Even Michael Jordan, if you track his story, you know, he was cut from the varsity team as a sophomore. Then he went on to play JV basketball that year, and he worked so hard, he was the best player on the JV team. And the rest is history. Amen, somebody. You know, there is a, there is a, I was looking at a little segment on ESPN uh, yesterday, and it, there's an award called the Burrowsworth Trophy. Anybody familiar with the Burrowsworth Trophy? Okay. I thought y'all was watching ESPN yesterday. Oh, I was. <laughs> Amen. But the Burrowsworth Trophy is a trophy given to the student athlete who achieves uh, uh, you know, walk-on status. A person that walks on to a team. In other words, they weren't good enough to be, you know, recruited and signed, but, on, but out of their own work ethic, you know, they went on to a major D1 team and walked on and made the team and performed at a high level. Burroughsworth, in 1994, you know, he wasn't recruited by a D1 team, but he was, he was determined to go play for the University of Arkansas. So he walked on. Big guy, 6'3", you know, slow, uh, you know, really flabby, you know, just what, didn't have much muscle, <laughs> you know, nothing, like, nothing impressive about his physique. But he walked on, worked hard. Before long, he was running a 4'8", 40". 
290 some pounds of 4840. Young little guys can't win a 4840. You know, and, 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 and then went on to do really well at the University of Arkansas and was drafted by uh, the Indianapolis Colts in 1999. Amen. But that same year, he died in a car accident. Terrible car accident. He lost his life. And so they commemorate his legacy, his work ethic, his making it to the NFL, never playing a game in the NFL, but making it to the NFL after walking on. Amen? And so those who achieve that status now receive the Burrowsworth Award or trophy. Amen? It's work. Amen? I was told I didn't know I was going to be simultaneously talking about this and and the movie Overcomer would be coming out. Let me suggest the movie to you. I, have, I was blessed, we were blessed to go to the movie and see that movie. And our young people, 36 of our youth, saw it last Sunday. Can I get a cheer or something if you already saw the movie? Great Christian movie, amen? And uh, let me suggest it for you. And in it has, it has some of these elements, these overcoming and these uh, vigilant Dutiful, dedicated, to, you know, uh, uh, you know, determination elements in the movie. It's inspiring. So go see it. Invest in it. Go see it. Take a young person. It, it may inspire them to want to know and to love Jesus, because it, you know, part of what's pointed up is how you come into the faith, Amen, and how important it is. So I don't want to be a spoiler about the content. I'm not going to do that. But let me suggest you go see it, because it's about overcoming. And those who study the word of God, you understand that those who, who, who are our witnesses, who make up the Bible, they were overcomers. Amen? David was an overcomer. Moses was an overcomer. Ruth was an overcomer. Mary, you know, Jesus' mother, Mary Magdalene, they were overcomers, praise God. So, so they had to overcome some stuff, the good, the bad, the ugly, the problems, the deficits, the sins. They had to overcome, praise God. And we as Christians have some stuff to overcome. Amen. I know we like to think we got it together. Amen. But we are overcomers. The word of God says that we're more than conquerors. So we have some stuff to overcome. And we're not going to be able to overcome it if we don't develop spiritual discipline. If we don't develop holy habits. If we don't mature in our faith walk. If we don't walk by faith, not by sight. It's going to take mental effort. It's going to take emotional effort. It's going to take our bodies as well. The word of God says that your body should become a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto our God. So, so, so we got to develop some disciplines if we're going to run this race. Say, I got to embrace the race. Say it together. Embrace the race to get the most out of this life. God wants us to, to do the most. Amen, somebody. So how do I, habits, what kind of habits do I need to develop? Prayer, a prayer life, the primary two that God has given us. When the disciples spent time with Jesus, when they probably could have asked for anything, they had favor with Jesus. The thing they asked for, would you please teach us how to pray? Because we've seen this prayer tool being executed, you know, executed, and 
and, and, and administer, and it's a powerful thing. When you go in your prayer closet and you come out, you went in, Clark Kent, you came out Superman. Amen, somebody. You know, signs, wonders, miracles. You came out with wisdom and insight and knowledge and information and guidance from. You came out with prophecies. We, we want to engage in prayer. Amen. So that we can wield some of the power that you've, we've seen and experienced. You wielding, praise God. We've seen death raised, raised from the dead. Amen. Because of your prayers. Amen. Because you consulted God. We've seen powerful, phenomenal, extraordinary, supernatural things happen because of prayer. So I, so I want to be engaged in this discipline of prayer and meditation and study of the word of God and obedience to the word of God. I want to learn how to listen and to learn. Amen. I want to learn how to witness and to share my faith. I want to learn how to even exercise the discipline of fasting. So I want to bring unto myself habits, holy habits that work on my mind, work on my emotions, work on my body. Amen, somebody. That helped me develop what the scripture called self-control to bring this body, this discipline to bear that, gives, that brings me under godly control. Amen, somebody. Paul said, when I throw a punch, I don't want it to be aimless. Amen. I, I want to hit the target. I want to have a target. Amen. You know, I don't want to just be hitting the air. Amen. I, I, I want to have a purpose and a plan and an aim. Amen, somebody. I, I, I don't want to spend energy for nothing. You know, that's a shame to live life and then at the end of your life, it was all for nothing. Nothing. Everything you acquired, everything you achieved, all the successes, all the ups, downs, highs, and lows absolutely gets you nothing at the end of the day because it wasn't for Christ. It wasn't for the kingdom. It wasn't for his righteousness. It wasn't to secure a crown. It wasn't to win the, win the prize. It wasn't to be triumphant or victorious in the name of Jesus the Christ. And as a result, it all is burned up. Scripture says it's all going to be burned up. Fire will consume it. It has no elasticity, no longevity. Everything in this world has an expiration date except for the things that we commit to Christ. Everything else is for naught. Everything else is null and void. Everything else is meaningless. Everything else is aimless. Everything else is purposeless except for what we do for Christ. So the question is, am I running to win? Do I have a spiritual and a godly goal? Amen, somebody. Am I practicing to play? Amen. Are you practicing like you're going to really play? Amen, somebody. You say, well, when is practice? You're in, a, you're in a practice session right now. Amen. We, 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 right now, this is uh, what, what they used to call that when they get the whole school together and uh, the cheer, what they, pep rally. Amen. We'd have had a spiritual pep rally up in here. And, you know, uh, the, 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 the praise team, they, they led us uh, We've, we even had an orchestra back here playing the pep rally songs. Amen, somebody. We had folks shouting and singing and dancing. Sometimes folk dancing and sometimes folk be waving flags. You know, all kinds of stuff 
to, to, to facilitate a spiritual pep rally. And we should be engaged. Hopefully you were on the sidelines sitting on your hands, nothing like that, but you were engaged in the rally. As we rallied and glorified God, as we rallied and magnified God, as we rallied and lifted our God, as we rallied and extolled and exalted our God, praise God. And as a result, when the praises go up, what? The blessings come down, so I'm blessed at, in, in participating in an enthusiastic environment where we lift and praise and magnify our God. Amen. You know, if I'm going to be a good shooter on the basketball court, I got to practice. Amen. I've been playing basketball. Mm, how long have I been playing basketball? 50 years? Yeah, I've been playing basketball 50 years. And you would think that at this point, I would no longer have to practice. Amen, somebody? When you think, I mean, I've been doing it 50 years, you think the jump was pure now. <laughs> Amen? It's perfected now. I've been doing it so long until I don't need to practice anymore. You know? Guess what? I just, whatever I throw up is going in. I got proficiency from all over the court because I've been doing it for 50 years. Amen? But guess what? If I don't practice, I will miss shots today. I'm talking about easy shots. I ain't been practicing with my left hand, right? Making left hand layups. And so I used to be really good at making left hand layups, but I retired my left hand after I got out of the competitive ranks of playing basketball, and I thought that that would be okay. <laughs> but then we was playing horse the other day, and so a brother was so desperate to win <laughs> that he pulled out the left hand layup on me, and start making left-hand layups. And then I'm missing left-hand layups. He's making left-hand layups. And so whenever he wants to get a letter on me, he pulls out the left hand. It's a shameless thing that he's been doing. <laughs> we ain't at any, any expense. <laughs> Why don't we shoot like men? <laughs> that's what I even say sometimes. You know, that's, that's a fake move you're doing, going to the left hand. Amen. But, you know, it's, it's all fair, right? It's part of the game. I, I couldn't make the left hand layup. So lately, I've been practicing my left hand layup because I ain't planning on going out like that. Amen. If you don't practice like you're going to play, you're going to lose the game. Amen, somebody. So we need to shoot with aim, with proficiency, with a purpose. Amen. So, 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 so I got to be dedicated and deliberate and on purpose in developing my spiritual life. Are you on purpose in developing your spiritual life? Are you dedicated to, to, to actions that will result in your becoming stronger in your spiritual walk? So what am I trying to achieve? I'm trying to achieve salvation. That's the first step. Am I saved, set free? Born again, filled with the Spirit, infilled by the Spirit, baptized by the Holy Spirit. First step, am I engaged? Do I have an intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Have I accepted him by grace through faith? Have I, has he come up and take residence in me, praise God? I can't even get in the game until he's in me. Amen? Because he lives through me. I can't live this faith unless he's in me. So that's number one. Is he in me? 
Have I been born again? Have you been baptized? Scripture says you ought to be baptized. Have you been baptized? A sign, a signal, a ring, if you will, an outward sign of inward and spiritual grace. Have you been baptized? Amen? Am I seeking to live in a way where the image of Christ is active and alive in me, so have I any fruit in my life? Amen? Fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, gentleness, kindness, patience, perseverance. Can I endure? Amen, somebody. So is there any fruit in my life? Is the image of Christ alive in me? Am I subscribing to a belief that God has made available for me abundant life and eternal life? Amen, somebody. So have I been redeemed? Have I been renewed? Have I been restored? Redeemed, renewed, restored. If I've been redeemed, my past has been forgiven. Amen, somebody. If I've been renewed, my present makes sense. Amen. If I've been restored, my future <laughs> is glorious. Amen. So the faith deals with my past, it deals with my present, it deals with my future. Amen, somebody. But I got to be willing to run the race. I don't know how many people participate in the Boston Marathon, but some time ago I read about a marathon that had over 22,000 people participating, you know, signed up for the race. You know, I mean, participated in the race, but guess what? 26,000 people signed up for the race. 4,000 of them didn't even show up. Amen? So, 26,000 people signed up. 4,000 of them dropped out of the race before it even began. Amen, somebody? And then, you know, uh, I think some 20,000 people finished the race. Some folk didn't finish the race, but mo majority of them did. But only two won, you know, over the past decades. Mostly it's been Kenyans to win. Amen. So in this race that I was reading about, two Kenyans won the race. They came in together. They won the race. Amen, somebody. They won this 26.2-mile Boston Marathon. And like I said, in most instances, the Kenyans win. Why? Why, why, do, they, why do they win? I, I don't get it. The Kenyans win. He said, he said, they say that it's because of the way they perceive distance. Did you hear me? It's because of the way you say, well, it's, it's that bill. No, it's more than just that bill. There's other folk built like that. Amen? You know, so, so it's not just their bills. It's not just their physique. It's not just the environment. It's in here, too. It's got to be in here. It's the way they perceive distance and the way they process struggle and pain. And, 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 and they're willing to endure extreme challenges. Amen, somebody? So, so to run a marathon, you got to be willing to endure some pain. You know, how, why do people even participate in marathons in wheelchairs? Did you know that? That some folk actually participate in there in a wheelchair. Why would I do that and my legs are gone? Amen? To endure, to perform, to achieve. Amen? 
on, on whatever level I can so that I can win the prize and win the race and complete the race, complete the marathon. The race, number one, is individual. It's not a, it's not a team deal. It's individual. Amen, somebody. So the prep, the training, is individualized. What individual preparation are you making in order to be considered kingdom citizens? Amen. Citizens of the kingdom of God. What training and preparation are you engaged in that says that you're committed on a daily basis to the cause of Christ? We're in here about an hour, 30, hour and 40 minutes approximately. You know, we're given 168 hours during the course of a week. We step up in here about an hour and a half, a little plus, a little plus, hour and a half. Amen? And some of us think, well, I've done my job. Hour and a half once a week. I did that. I did that. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Some of us got a problem giving that time. Well, I got some other stuff I need to do today. Got some hurricane readiness stuff to complete. You know, maybe we go doing church time. Maybe church people at church. And <laughs> Amen, somebody. So we let all kinds of things derail us from being a part of giving time, energy, and effort to our spiritual walk. Amen, somebody. 168 hours. A week. Seems like he could get an hour or so a day, don't you think? You know, at least a day. You know, that small group thing, you ask me way too much. You mean you, mean you want me to come to that for an hour and 15 minutes on top of the hour and a half I spend in church? It seems like a rigid regimen. <laughs> you know, it's kind of rigid what, you, what you're asking. They want, the church wants all your time. Just want all your time. Amen, somebody. No, no, we don't want all your time. We want some of your time so that you can be built up, so that you can be strengthened, so that you can grow, so that iron can sharpen iron, so that we can get better, so that we can be blessed, so that we can be prayerful, so that we can study the word of God together, so that we can grow together, so that we can bond together, so that we can meet one another's needs, so that we can pray for somebody else's interests other than your own, so we can become selfless rather than selfish. God wants us to develop and grow, and it takes dedication and discipline to achieve that. Praise God. Amen. It takes uh, diet and exercise uh, to play a sport. Amen, somebody. I, I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. I, I found this little piece, God's diet plan. Let me, let me read a little portion of it. It says, and God populated the earth with broccoli and cauliflower and spinach and green and yellow vegetables of all kinds so man and woman, women, men and women would live long and healthy lives and Satan created hamburger res restaurants <laughs> and hamburger restaurants brought forth 99 cent double cheeseburgers <laughs> and Satan said to man you want fries with that? and man said supersize it <laughs> And man gained pounds. And God created the healthy yogurt <laughs> that, that women might and men might maintain their figures. <laughs> and Satan froze the yogurt. And he brought forth chocolate nuts and brightly colored sprinkles and candy to put on top of the yogurt. 
and women and men gained pounds. And God said, try my crisp, refreshed salad. And Satan brought forth creamy dressings, bacon bits, and shredded cheese. <laughs> and there was ice cream for the dessert. And men and women gained pounds. And God said, I sent you heart-healthy vegetables and olive oil which to cook things in, and Satan brought forth chicken fried steak. So big it needed, it needed his own platter. <laughs> All you can eat is restaurants. And man and woman gained pounds. And, <laughs> and cholesterol went through the roof. And God brought forth running shoes. And man resolved to lose those extra pounds. And Satan brought forth cable TV with remote controls. So man would not have to tall change channels between ESPN 1 and ESPN 2. The man gained pounds. And God said, you're running up the score in the devil. <laughs> and God brought forth potatoes, a vegetable naturally low in fat and brimming with nutrition. And Satan peeled off the healthy skin and sliced the starches center into chips and deep fried <laughs> french fries. And he created sour cream dip. And man clutched his remote control and ate the potato chips and swaddled in his cholesterol. <laughs> and Satan said, it is good. And man, it went into cardiac arrest. <laughs> and God sighed and created quadruple bypass surgery. And Satan created HMOs. It's going to take some time in the spiritual realm. It's going to take some weight loss. I'm talking about in the spiritual realm. How do we lose? What do we got to lose? We got to lose sin. We got to lose the weights that beset us. Amen. It's going to take some ability to climb some hills, to overcome some obstacles, to not have, you know, you know to be too soft, to overcome some injuries even in order to fight the good fight. You know, I recently heard of this thing. I didn't even know I heard of this thing, but I heard of something called skinny fat. I'm like, skinny fat? What's skinny fat? That's like somebody who's naturally really slim, but they're still unhealthy. You know, it's called skinny fat. They're skinny. They look like they're in shape. You know, they look really thin. They look like they're eating right, but they're eating wrong. And they, they can be unhealthy. They can have high cholesterol. They can have clogged arteries, everything else, but they still can be thin. I said, skinny fat. Oh, I didn't hear about that. And see, sometimes at people of the faith, we skinny fat. Amen, somebody. You look like you're Christian. You talk like you're Christian. You walk like you're Christian. Amen. But in your heart of hearts, you ain't really there. You're skinny fat. Amen, somebody. We don't want skinny fat Christians. We want healthy, whole Christians, inside and out made over in the image of Almighty God, looking like God, feeling like God, made in the image of God, alive, inside and out, not just outwardly appearing to be a Christian, but walking in faith and doing the work and consumed by the will, the word, and the ways of a loving and a living God. We want Christians that are healthy. We want Christians that are striving. We want Christians that are running. We want Christians that are willing to endure the pain without any pain that can not be any gain. Praise God. So God wants us to be ready to run the distance to develop the spiritual stamina, stamina needed and necessary to endure.
endure the extreme challenges so that we can run and fight the good fight of faith. Scriptures say, I've, I've finished my course. Amen. I'm running, but I'm not running in vain. I'm running well. I'm not running in vain. I'm not laboring in vain. I'm waging and fighting the good fight. As Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Somebody said, expect better. Won't you stand all over the house? I'm expecting better. Because God has given me everything, and he's given you and I everything we need to achieve, to believe, to succeed. He's given it to us. Amen, somebody. Somebody say, I'm going to run. Somebody say, I'm going to fight. Somebody say, I'm going to wrestle. Amen. I'm going to fight the good fight of faith to the glory of Almighty God. I'm going to embrace the race to the glory of Almighty God because God is able to help me run this race that is set before me to make it to the finish line, to finish my course, to fight the good fight, and to fight on purpose, to not be purposeless, but purposeful, full of purpose, full of purpose, not purposeless, but purposeful, full of purpose. God has a purpose. God has a plan. God has a goal. God has some objectives that he wants you and I to achieve on his behalf. So we got to get to stepping on his behalf. We got to get to running on his behalf. We got to get to fighting on his behalf. We got to get in the game on his behalf. We got to get off the sidelines on his behalf. We got to train hard and work hard and prepare to go the distance to the glory of Almighty God. And guess what? The cloud of witnesses are cheering us on. The word says there's a great cloud of witnesses. The angels in heaven, they get elated and excited. Amen. About our journey. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is cheering us on and willing to help us in the race. He's coaching it, staying before us and saying, hey, I'm with you. Hey, I'm with you. That's why it's so important when he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. In other words, I'm running along with you along the journey. I'm with you in the midst of your highs, your lows, your ups, your downs. I am with you. I promise never to leave you and to never forsake you. I want to invite somebody to make a decision for Jesus today. You may be connecting for the first time, but you may already know him. But now you want to connect with the family, the fold, the fellowship, the community of believers. We invite you to make a decision today. Say, I'm not putting this off. I'm not procrastinating. I'm not delaying. I'm coming now in the name of Jesus the Christ. We invite you to make a right now decision to coming to this Kairos moment. A Kairos moment is a moment immersed with urgency. Kronos, that's just time. Kairos is time immersed with urgency. In 
other words, an opportunity, a challenge, a blessing to take advantage of. I extend to you his grace, his peace, and his love. And I invite you to make a decision for him. Every heart praying all over the house. Somebody's at the point of decision. Somebody's ready. Just, just move out in his name. Let him have his way right now. You may be new in our community. You may be seeking a church home. But we invite you to close the deal. To get in the game. To get on the track. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's worship with him today. We invite you to come. We invite you to come. My hallelujah. Belongs to you. Thank you, Jesus. It belongs to you. Let's go. Come on, This is the day that the Lord has made. Rejoice and be glad in it. Say you deserve. Come on. Say all of the glory. Say all of the glory. It belongs to you. Come on, lift your voice. It belongs to you. Say all of the glory. All of the praise. All of the honor. It belongs to you. Decision making time. Dedicate, rededicate your life. Somebody say thank you, Lord. You deserve it, Lord. You deserve the praise, all the glory. Thank you, Lord. 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 